0: This is Live is Mike. Check one, two. With Leland Sperry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Leland Sperry on KSL News Radio. Happy Friday. That's pretty good. We've made it to the weekend. If you shoot out a few short hours before it's time to call it a day and. We head home to our family and enjoy a little bit of time off. Hopefully that's the case for you. If not, hopefully there's a a quote-unquote weekend built into your work week. Uh, Quick question for you. You ever listen to uh, some of the early stand-up comedy routines by Jeff Foxworthy? You remember Jeff Foxworthy? Uh, He's like, are you smarter than a fifth grader is his claim to fame now. But uh, years ago, if you remember, it was uh, You Might Be a Redneck. Yeah, when when you might be a redneck was first starting to catch on, and he was distributing those cassette tapes. I can remember sitting with my grandpa and my uh, sister Aubrey, and there were I'm sure some other family members uh, around the cassette player, and we were listening to one of these uh, one of these comedy bits, one of these Jeff Foxworthy routines, and one of them was uh, he was talking about a, a day from his childhood before cable television became uh, ubiquitous in all of our living rooms. And there were, what, three major networks. And he described uh, <laughs> the the great tragedy it was whenever the president came on television to deliver some sort of address because, uh, <laughs> because all three of the major networks would air the president and whatever show – Folks gathered around the television to watch each night or once a week or whatever was always uh, preempted by the president's address. I I had that thought last night. I had that thought last night at about uh, six o'clock our time when President Biden took to the uh, took to the microphone there in the White House to deliver an address. Uh, his uh, his first prime time address, uh, certainly his first uh, uh, since the you know we've been working on this vaccine and certainly commemorating the one-year anniversary of, uh, well, when COVID really showed up and reared its head. Uh, but the line, the funny line, and just, if, if you remember this line from uh, those Jeff Foxworthy days listening to the tape, I'll be very impressed, but it was this. He says, uh, he any time the president would come on, he would look around at his siblings and say, Oh, no, the president's on every channel. We're going to miss Flipper." And so I'm not kidding you. For the past uh, maybe 30 years or so, <laughs> anytime, anytime the president is on TV, uh, I will send a text message or a phone call quick to uh, my, my sister who was there that day and say, We're going to miss Flipper. <laughs> Flipper, uh, you know that show. <laughs> the Dolphin? Was that a good dolphin? No, not a good one. I'll work on it. Uh, anyway. Last night, uh, delivering remarks live from the White House was uh, President Biden. I want to take this opportunity to, to walk through a few of those comments. I'll share with you my reactions to them. We aired them live in their entirety on, on, just last night as they came. And uh, I, well, I'll tell you what. Let me play. I've got a few excerpts from the address. Um, some of it very encouraging, some of it uh, less so, and some of it uh, very aspirational. And I hope that uh, those aspirations come to fruition, in particular, uh, some of the promises about uh, July 4th, or at least some of the hopes around the 4th of July. But let's start at the beginning. Let me play uh, the, the first few moments of his address. and I want to point something out I observed uh, as he kicked things off yesterday. So this uh, is Joe Biden last night delivering a live address primetime from the White House.
1: To the I'd like to talk to you about where we are as we mark one year since everything stopped because of this pandemic. A year ago, we were hit with a virus that was met with silence and spread unchecked denials for days, weeks, then months that led to more deaths, more infections, more stress, and more loneliness.
0: I don't want to come out of the gate straight away. Uh, Being negative or critical to the address delivered by the president last night because I don't believe that this battle against COVID 19 should be partisan. I don't believe that it is a partisan issue. I think that it is a a, a scientific issue and that we ought to be following the science and, uh, you know, we can separate our politics from science, hopefully. Unfortunately, it's not the case for everyone. And so, with that, I just have to ask the question why, Mr. President, in Quite literally, the first fifteen seconds—the first fifteen seconds of a twenty-plus minute address last night to the entire country and literally the entire world. Why? Why did we need to? And listen, it was veiled. It wasn't a direct uh, insult. The President Trump's name was was never, you know, uttered specifically. But it was very clear that that President Biden decided last night to, in the first moments, in the first sentences of his address, to to reach back in time and point the finger of blame when it comes to many of the lives lost as a result of this coronavirus. And that's what it was. He was blaming the past administration for American death. And he did it in the first 30 seconds of the address. And in this era of we're supposed to be unified and we're looking for unity and coming together, I, I don't know how I don't know how an open like that accomplishes it. I don't know how an open like that brings us together. I don't know how an open like that does anything other than further dividing. You can claim a desire for unity, you can claim a desire for come-togetherness, but quite literally, when the rubber meets the road, you need to be able to back that up. And if the instinct is to forever point to the past and point the finger of blame at those who came before us, specifically the past administration, I, I don't know how we look optimistically to tomorrow. Anyway, uh, th- that that was my first observation, and now I I will. Point out that there were very few references to the past as the as the address continued. Uh, there was one later on. We'll get to that in just a moment. Um, but but that's how things started. All right. Now, not long after that, early on in the address, uh, President Biden did something that I was very grateful for him or grateful to him for doing. Uh, you, you and I have often talked about the things that we've missed out on due to uh, this this pandemic things like graduations and weddings and birthday parties and a, a long list a long list of the sometimes mundane, sometimes momentous and monumental events of human life have all been sacrificed. And now that word sacrifice is is it's important to it's important to consider because many of the things that I just listed, and that we'll hear the president list in just a moment. In all honesty, we could have probably done, you know, not not everywhere across this country where gatherings, uh, certain gatherings, outlawed. And even if they were, you know, it's not like there were stormtroopers coming around to uh, you know break up uh, break up certain gatherings. We could have done this. We could have gone against the scientific guidance, and yet so many of us, m- m- myself included, set aside set aside some some pretty big deals, some pretty big events in our lives in the name of protecting ourselves, our families, and our communities. So we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, I want to uh, share with you a bit more of what the president had to say, specifically uh, what he views as some of the sacrifices. And then we'll get into the details of when Vaccines will be available to all Americans, and when President Biden believes that we'll be returning to some semblance of normalcy. When we can declare independence from this virus. That's coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back. 1249 to the time here at KSL News Radio. Uh, looking forward to the weekend. How about you? Before we get there, though, we got to uh, get through a few things here. First, uh, In in response to my my first segment, the first conversation you and I had, we looked at the very kickoff of President Biden's live address, live primetime address from the White House yesterday. And I pointed out that quite literally in the first 15 seconds, he was looking backwards and quite literally looking backwards to the Trump administration and quite literally uh, blaming actions or blaming deaths, American deaths. On actions taken by the past administration. Now, I, I'm not here to argue the merits of that. I'm not here to argue, you know, whether or not he's right or wrong or whatever. Uh, you know, we can save that for another day. I, I simply brought it up and and discussing it now uh, because the the campaign claims were of unity and coming together and moving on and blah blah blah. And it just it it. When I heard that in the first 15 seconds that we were instead of looking forward to a day after the pandemic, we were looking rearward and pointing the finger of blame at a uh, past administration. Now, I, I, I we have some more ground to cover, and I want to talk to you and share with you words from the president uh, beyond this. I, I'm ready to move on, but uh, I can't help but uh, just take a moment and respond to some of the text messages I've received, uh, many of them starting with the phrase, are you kidding me, Lee? And then uh, talking about uh, Trump, President Trump, former President Trump and his tendency to uh, divide. I have never once denied that. All right. Uh, Trump has a style that forces a choosing of the sides. You are either with Trump or you are against Trump. I have I have never called uh, former President Trump uh, the great uniter or, or anything like that. All right. And when I see responses like that, and when I find myself in conversations where uh, the knee-jerk response to an assertion is, Yeah, well, what about? You know those "What whataboutisms? What about Trump? What about this one and that one? I, it, in my humble opinion, and no disrespect to the texters, it, te- it tells me that, that your argument is on shaky ground. Okay, I I believe in evaluating an individual on their own merits and on their own standards. All right. And President Biden and uh, those with whom he aligned during his campaign put forth a message of unity, put forth an objective and a goal of unity. All right. And I look at those words and these actions and I don't look backwards. I don't look forwards. I stay focused uh, on the individual's promise and the individual's actions. And when they don't align, I'm going to call them out. All right? And I did so during the previous administration. Anyway, uh We'll set that aside. Let's move on now with uh, a look at some of what was shared yesterday by uh, President Joe Biden in this address. He talked about the sacrifices that we'd made. He talked about the things that we as Americans have foregone over the past year in an effort to liberate ourselves from this virus. And uh, take note of that word liberate. It's interesting. Later on in the address by the president, he talks uh, about the 4th of July. As a benchmark date, as a date where we will together uh, set and together we will celebrate our independence, our independence as a nation, and also now this year, uh, hopefully, our independence from this uh, virus. All right, I, I share that optimism. I wish that we could. I wish that we could plant uh, as a goal an earlier date, uh, but. July 4th is, is just fine. All right. Uh, okay, so let's go back. The, the things that we have sacrificed. Here's a list uh, from the address last night. These are what President Joe Biden recognizes as sacrifices that we've made.
1: Photos and videos from 2019 feel like they were taken in another era. The last vacation, the last birthday with friends, the last holiday with extended family. While it was different for everyone, we all lost something, a collective suffering collective sacrifice, a year filled with the loss of life and the loss of living for all of us. But in the loss, we saw how much there was to gain in appreciation, respect and gratitude. Finding light in the darkness is a very American thing to do. In fact, it may be the most American thing we do.
0: He then got more specific about what uh, you and I as members of a family and a community have had to forego over this past year.
1: It's the details of life that matter the most. And we miss those details, the big details and the small moments, weddings, birthdays, graduations, all the things that needed to happen but didn't. The first date, the family reunions, the Sunday night rituals, it's all as exacted a terrible cost on the psyche of so many of us. For we are fundamentally a people who want to be with others, to talk, to laugh, to hug, to hold one another. But this virus has kept us apart. Grandparents haven't seen their children or grandchildren. Parents haven't seen their kids. Kids haven't seen their friends. The things we used to do that always filled us with joy, have become things we couldn't do and broke our hearts.
0: Now, you might ask yourself, Lee, why the doom and gloom on a Friday? Why uh, look rearward in this instance and itemize and remind us all that we have given up and all that we missed out on and all the memories that we haven't been able to form due to this dang virus? Here's the answer. Because those sacrifices are also accomplishments, And as painful as those events were to miss, take pride in the fact that you and I, uh, that we had the strength to endure missing them, all right? There will come a day where down the road we'll look back on this and take stock of our experiences, and we will, I believe, look at these types of sacrifices uh, with uh, a large measure of pride. We'll look to... Uh, Maybe our our children who had to postpone weddings or dramatically curtail the plans. And I believe that once we are, uh, you know, in a post-COVID world, uh, we're going to appreciate things a little bit differently and uh, say the the wedding that your uh, daughter or son had planned for a lifetime to enjoy uh, with big, uh, big set pieces and all the friends and family. And co-workers and loved ones all gathered together to celebrate that moment. Well, uh, instead of that, maybe this past year it was something uh, a little smaller. Maybe it was just uh, mom and dad, uh, maybe a sibling or two as a witness and uh, and a justice or a judge signing some papers and saying, uh, go your way, you are now husband and wife. We're going to look back on these things with pride. They're difficult now. They have been difficult, certainly, as we have lived them. But they are they are the actions that are going to get us through this. So uh, it's not doom and gloom, it's a point of pride, and it is something for which you should be proud. OK, uh, moving on, let's get a little more optimistic. Here. The president did talk about and you know, I, I, I would like this date to be a little you know closer to now, but the president in his address yesterday talked a, a bit about the Fourth of July.
1: If we do all this, if we do our part. If we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout or a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together after this long, hard year that will make this Independence Day something truly special where we not only mark our independence as a nation, but we begin to mark our independence from this virus.
0: I kind of like that line. It's pretty good. Yeah, we gather together not only to mark our independence as a nation, but also our independence from this virus. That's pretty good. Uh, one thing, a little unfortunate in that uh, assertion or that aspiration by the president there, he uh, does go on to say that, listen, 4th of July, yeah, sure, we'll get together, uh, but only in small groups still. When are we going to get together in large groups again? Huh? When do we return? Who knows? Uh, but I, I think it's coming. That light's at the end of the tunnel, and I can see it. Quick break, back with more here on KSL News Radio.